Yo, today's QOD is you are in business for yourself. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Finance Friday episode where we talk about all things money mindset. We've got Rabbi Daniel Lappin back on the show. And this message that he's about to talk about is huge. Like it's a, it's a big mindset shift that I wish more people would have. And... You know, I'm, like, I'm going to read it from his book. He has a book called Thou Shall Prosper. There's a, a quick story that I didn't want to botch. So I'm going to read it straight from the Libro. And it goes like this. There is the old tale of two friends who met up again 20 years after they both first began working for the railroad. The fellow wielding a pick while working on the road bed was astounded to see his old friend looking prosperous as he stepped from his private rail car. In response, the second guy, now head of the railroad, explained, quote, 20 years ago, you went to work for $3.75 an hour, whereas I went to work for the railroad. His point was that his unsuccessful friend always saw himself as a wage slave and focused on his meager salary. He, on the other hand, saw himself as being in business for himself, which allowed him to focus on his customer, in this case, his employer. Now, think about that. A lot of us will get a job and we'll be like, oh, I'm making minimum wage, I'm making $20 an hour, whatever it may be. And we're like, I'm working for $15 an hour. So that's the output that we give because that's how much we're making. The man's only paying me so much. But if we reframe this a little bit and think of your employer as your customer, you will win the game. Because when you think of your employer as your customer, you think, okay, what can I do for my employer so he or she can make more money or the customer can prosper more? or their customers can be better served. And when you do that, when you have that type of mentality, you move up in the company. If you don't, you stay where you are. Maybe you barely move forward. You hop from job to job to job, hoping somebody will pay you more. And that's not how it works. So you got to look at your employer as your customer. I do want to say something. There's a slight correction in this. Because uh, he does talk about Dale Carnegie committing suicide. That is very debatable. Uh, I've read Dale Carnegie's biography. And uh, in the book, if I recall correctly, he was getting older. He was getting frail. He got a bad case of shingles, which led to uremia, which um, is triggered by kidney failure. He had surgery. He got an infection from the surgery and they couldn't do anything about the infection. It was too powerful. And he died from that. So 
he probably didn't commit suicide. But everything else here that the rabbi talks about is amazing, especially about uh, retirement. I think about that all the time, this whole retirement thing, because I don't think I ever want to retire. I'm having way too much fun. Anyway, enjoy today's talk. Rabbi Daniel Lappin, he's coming up. Let's start off with the first basic idea. The first basic idea is that each and every one of you is in business. You might say to me, well, wait a minute, no, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I, work for, uh, I work for a coffee chain. I just make coffee. I'm not in business. I'm an employee. Wrong approach. The way you visualize yourself is how you eventually become. But wait a moment, I'm just an employee, right? I just work for Starbucks. That's all there is to it. No. You are in business for yourself. You are a beverage specialist. And you sell your time and your skills and your services to people or organizations who can use those services. At the present time, how many customers have you got? One called Starbucks. Not your employer, it's your customer. This changes your whole mindset. When it's time to ask for a raise, we don't think in terms of asking for a raise. We think in terms of raising our price. We're in business for ourselves. It changes everything. It also means that uh, the, the rest of the week when I finish doing my 40 hours at Starbucks, I still got a whole lot of other hours that I'm not sleeping or eating or doing any other things I have to do. Those are hours I could find a second customer. Maybe I'm going to start providing specialty coffee services for people who entertain at home or who have parties. Maybe that's what I'm going to do. Maybe it's something I'm going to do on weekends. But I'm going to look for more customers. That's the sort of thing you do when you start realizing that you're in business. You're not ever an employee. You are in business. And it's you incorporated. And who's on your board of directors? Maybe your spouse. Maybe a wise friend, uh, maybe even a child, they're part of your board of directors. And you have to think of this very seriously because many people make the mistake of not letting their children understand how they make money, what they do for the world. No, not at all. They're all part of you incorporated. The next thing is that you have to think very seriously about what it is that you do for God's other children. Now, when I find myself sitting on a plane and start talking to the person next to you, you know that one of the very first questions is, so, you know, what do you do? What field are you in? What do you do? I always phrase it differently. I always ask, uh, so tell me, what do you do for all of God's other children? I usually get, huh? <laughs> you know, what do you mean? I said, well, what do you do for God's other children? I don't understand. Well, some people say, what do you do for a living? But I don't tend to think of it as so selfish because what I do is not for my living. I do it because I love serving God's other children. So I'm just curious, what do you do? So, oh, okay, you're asking what I, okay, you know, fine. You know, I'm, uh, I'm a social worker or whatever it is I do. Bits of people but it's an interesting conversation starter because I'm very serious about it. It's what I do 
to serve God's other children. So that means right there and then that I'm not focused on retirement because retirement implies a selfish approach. Retirement is when I don't need you anymore, I quit serving you. That's what retirement means. Right? I mean, what do I do when my accountant who served me well for 20 years, and he's, he's not an old guy, he can work, and he tells me I'm retiring. Like, excuse me, why? He says, I want to play golf. Who cares about golf? What about me? You've been serving me. All of a sudden, you don't care? Now, he doesn't tell me the answer, but his answer is, you know what? I don't need any more money. I've made enough. And guess what God's response is to people who do that? Well, if that's the case, who needs you? And that's one of the reasons, God forbid we should all be spared, but that's one of the reasons that people who retire usually get ill. It's very unhealthy. Please, please don't retire. Don't even think of retiring. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't build up financial security. Of course you should. That's what we're talking about but not with the goal of retiring, because with that as an end game, you are betraying your essential selfishness about the whole enterprise, and it doesn't work that way. You know, uh, there was a guy called Dale Carnegie who wrote a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Wouldn't you have thought that somebody who knows the secret of winning friends and influencing people would be the happiest man in the whole world? So why did he take his own life? And I believe I know the answer. He didn't leave a note, but I believe I know the answer. And that is that the book, while it is interesting, the book is essentially cynical. The book of how to win friends and influence people is how to get out there and make lots of friends so that they can serve you. And I, I think people can pick up on that. That's very different from wanting to connect to people, because I just love people. And I, if there's any way I can serve you, and you heard Pastor Rob talking about that, that was very, very important. You've got to give before you get. Connecting with other people, sure. Not just because there are ways they can help you, but because they are people, they are God's other children who you can help. That changes everything. So you've got to think about what are or what is the specific way in which you can help other people? And I've mentioned yesterday that uh, for many, many centuries, Jewish last names were always occupations. You were called by what you did. Why? Well, for obvious reasons. It's like a walking business card, right? And so uh, if, my, if my name is, uh, is um, Goldsmith, and you need to buy some jewelry, you're going to remember me. You're going to remember you met me three weeks ago. Remember there was this guy called Goldsmith? Look at you. Fine. It's a walking business card. Now, today we don't do that anymore. But the idea of knowing what it is you do to help other people, focusing on what it is that in, in your neighborhood, in the, uh, in the group of people to whom you have access, what are the things they need? You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it could be uh, fitness training. 
and maybe that's what you, you're going to do, or maybe you've decided that you've noticed a lot of people have trouble going to the airport for a trip, and so you're going to work out a way to provide airport trip. I don't care, whatever it is, but whatever it is, don't forget you're in business. So you've got to find out what it is that you are providing, and then you've got to find a way of telling people about it. And then, well, then connecting. Have you noticed that um, in the five books of Moses, a very high proportion of verses begin with the word and. And the Lord spoke to Moses, right? Do you remember in school a teacher ever telling you don't begin a sentence with the word and? Right? Seems like God never got that message. <laughs> Why? What's, what's that about? Because the word and in Hebrew is a single letter. And that single letter has a name. You know what its name is? Connector, hook. Because that's what the word and is, isn't it? It's a connector. That's precisely what it is, so it makes sense. The Lord's language just makes sense. And what's the idea? The idea is that everything hinges on connecting. The most powerful, potential, filled action that any human being can do is to create a baby because that baby can grow up to find a cure to cancer. That baby can grow up to do anything. You just don't know. The potential, there is nothing we can do that has more potential than creating a baby. But it takes two people. And what's more, it takes two people who are not identical to one another. Yeah, obviously. And this is a model for all forms of creativity. So in other words, I will very often, I will seek out a partner. I have this idea. I want to start a business. I'm going to seek a partner. Am I going to seek a partner just like me? Of course not. No creativity can come from you and a clone. If you had a clone, do you know what it would be like telling a joke to your clone? <laughs> As soon as you start talking, he finishes it. He knows the joke. As soon as you say, you know what, I have an idea, he'll say, yes, I know, me too. Same idea. Having a clone is a waste of time because creativity comes from two people who are as different from one another as a man and a woman are. And how does this work? Well, in exactly the same way that in this ultimate act of creativity, one of the parties is the implanter of a seed and the other one nurtures the seed and brings it to fruition, so it is in any business transaction when two people interact with one another, it makes no difference if they're two men or two women or a man. And it doesn't make any difference. But what always happens is that they have to switch roles. And you'll find in any productive conversation, hey, you know what, I've just, uh, I wanted to meet with you because we have a common friend, Pastor Rob, told me what you do. I've got an idea and I think that we could collaborate because I can't do it by myself, but I have a certain vital part of the puzzle that you would be able to find useful. I think we could do something together. During that part of the conversation, who's the male and who's the female? I'm the male, I'm implanting an idea, he's receiving it. And then I keep quiet and he says, well, in order for a business partnership to be structured, which is my specialty, what we'll need are this, 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 who's the male, who's the female? 
switched around. That happening all the time, that's why God gave us two ears, one mouth. You've got to listen twice as much as you talk. And you've got to listen for real. It's not, have you ever spoken to somebody and while you're talking, you know that he's impatiently waiting for you to shut up so he can carry on talking. That's frustrating and it doesn't bring out the best in you. When a woman receives the seed from a man, it is incredibly stimulating and makes him want to give of his best. And so it is in every business transaction, the same thing happens, where we learn to be good receivers as well as good implanters. And, we, and that kind of discussion can produce all kinds of amazing potential that we can't possibly imagine the full depth of. It's quite extraordinary. That's a very important thing. That was Rabbi Daniel Lappin wrapping up the week. His website is rabbidaniellappin.com. Check out his book, Thou Shall Prosper. Pick it up at your local bookstore or at the Amazon.com. Also, check out today's entire talk on the YouTube. It is called Thou Shall Prosper, Session 3 and Q&A, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. I'm out. You have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you Monday. Peace.